0: Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross-Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And welcome to the Bob Siegel Show. This is Ryan Holland, host of World News Brief, hosting for Bob Siegel. If you heard yesterday's show, the Christmas Apologetics Show, uh, We did that there and we're doing the same thing today. I am guest hosting again on Bob Siegel Show with none other than Bob Siegel himself as the guest on his own show. Once again, Bob, welcome back.
1: Ryan, I was getting so used to you being the host, I forgot to pick up my microphone. There. I know, I saw
0: that. It was kind of far away from you. <laughs> hey,
1: whoa, this is my own show and I'm not near a microphone. Know, What's hope, going on? I hope
0: Bob gets to it in time. But uh, so even though I, I am the ho- uh, the host, Bob is the guest. So I'm going to be asking Bob the questions and we're going to be doing it. Uh, just talking about a couple topics briefly here that I think are, are near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, we're we're hitting we're continuing the apologetics theme, but we're not doing Christmas apologetics. And I wanted to ask Bob a few questions, uh, specifically one having to do with just the existence of God, and the other having to do with the problem of evil. So there are a there are a lot of people who really think that there are just there's no good reason to believe in not not even just the the god of the bible but in any type of creator whatsoever they think that there's it's illogical it's unreasonable it, it, and if there was a god that god must be immoral because he allows all the evil and suffering in the world that's going to be part part 2 of this of this broadcast but when when someone says you know bob there's i know you preach christianity you preach jesus but there's really not a good reason to believe in any kind of creator at all. How do you respond to such a person?
1: I would say that the very person asking the question already believes in the creator. They just don't realize it because there could be no such thing as evil or good if God did not exist. If God did not exist, we would be here by randomness and chance And good and evil would merely be opinions. Who says it's wrong if somebody gets sick and dies? Who says it's wrong to steal? Who says it's wrong to murder? Those are not just opinions. That's something our conscience is telling us. And I know people say, well, it may be in our conscience, but we
0: just... It evolved we, over it time evolved or something over like time.
1: that, right? Fine. Well, if it evolved over time, then it, there's, it's really not evil. If you, if you The moment you admit that God had nothing to do with it... See, if you and I had a dispute about what was right or wrong, you say, well, I don't think stealing is wrong. I say, well, I think it is. We're at a stalemate because we're both... Just a lot of slop that accidentally evolved to a higher order, even terms like higher and lower become relative at that point and there is no god so there's nobody to arbitrate but the truth is our conscience is already that arbitrator who programmed that conscience who put into our dna this ability to reflect on what we're doing and i always hear people say oh well we came we invented that ourselves ladies and gentlemen if human beings invented the conscience why didn't they invent a conscience they could live up to better we are so incredibly selfish as a species, why did we invent a conscience telling us not to be selfish? That just doesn't make any sense. Now, this gets into a much longer apologetic about the existence of God philosophically. That could be a whole show. So instead of skewing that direction, I'm just going to say there's got to be some kind of God if we're going to say there's such a thing as good and evil. Now, The other part of the question, though, very important. Okay, let's assume that for a moment. Let's just assume for a moment that the God of the Bible exists. Why does he allow evil? He allows evil because he gave human beings free will. Most evil comes at the hands of human beings. We could talk about some catastrophes outside of our dominion. Part of that comes from other beings that the Bible talks about, known as demons and angels. Won't get into all of that. But for the most part, most of what we call good and evil are decisions the human beings... Things are making. God gave us free will. He didn't want robots. He didn't want puppets on a string. He didn't want to give us some love potion that forced us to love him and love everybody else. Those of you, imagine, ladies, there's some man that you want to love you. Gentlemen, there's some woman you want to love you. And somebody gives you this little mickey that you could slip into her drink that's going to act like a love potion and force her to love you. I'm sure there's some perverted mind out there somewhere that would like that, but I think 99% of the people would say, I would want to believe this person just made a choice to love me because there was something about me, maybe my looks, maybe my personality that they found attractive. There was something about me as they got to know me. The same with God. So he gives human beings free will. Well, good and evil are not substances. People say, well, why did God create evil? God did not create evil. God did not create good. Good and evil are not substances that you could study in a test tube. What God created was human personality. A part of that personality is free will. we 're made in God's image, like God. we think, we feel, we create. I create stories. Some people create computer programs. there are architects that create buildings. There's such a thing as procreation between a man and a woman. We create as God creates. And like God, we have the ability to make choices. The ability to choose good includes the ability to choose evil. Otherwise, it is not a real ability. That's where I would begin, Ryan.
0: Well, why couldn't God create a world in which there were free creatures, but those free creatures, and, and they they make objections like this, That, uh, but those free creatures, creatures, it was such a world that those free creatures ultimately did not choose evil. Maybe they didn't have the option of evil or something to that, that effect. Isn't, isn't God smart enough? You, you guys say that he's omniscient, he's all-powerful, he can, he can do anything, right? Well, maybe God. if God can do anything, why couldn't he create a world of free people who also did not or could not choose evil?
1: Because the answer is right there in the question. The moment he's creating them with a few things that they're not able to choose, it's not completely a choice. Now, there is such a thing as being created sinless. The Bible does say that because of the sins of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, and a choice that they made, we are born with a sin nature, which again is not some substance or whammy, but it's the absence of God's presence in our life. And Adam and Eve were not born with this sin nature. They were born in innocence and they had no desire to do evil. But being human beings, they still had a curiosity. They were curious to know what evil was. So they found out and were learning the hard way that evil is not something that we want to mess with. And it seems, I base this partly on opinion, partly on Jesus' parable of the prodigal son, which seems to illustrate this, where the son says, dad, I don't need you. I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to make it on my own. And he finds that life apart from his father's care, and the father allegorically, of course, is God. In the parable, he realizes he wants to return to him in a grand cosmic way. That's what's going on with human beings as a species. We were curious to know about evil and we found out. Now, it is also true that because we are now born in sin, there's so many sinful habits that have developed right in our mind, that there are things that we can't change about our hearts. Now I can control my actions. But if I have an evil thought, I just have an evil thought. However, I can make the choice to let the spirit of God come inside of me and remove those evil thoughts and give me a whole new nature, which would bring me back to where Adam and Eve was. And that would leave me still with the one choice of, okay, I no longer have the desires to do all these things, but am I still curious to go out and find out all these horrible things? Well, that curiosity would be gone because we would have learned our
0: lesson. Okay, so you talked about free will. And I guess that a follow-up objection could be was that worth it? I mean, Bob, look at all of the evil, all of the suffering. I mean, the whether it's torture, whether it's starvation, whether it is uh, murder and and rape and, and the the incredible the genocides that we that we've seen. Was God giving creatures free will? I mean, was that really worth it? I mean, wouldn't it have been better? To create people without free will than to have a world that is just torn apart by by evils that we can't even fathom.
1: Well, he did create a lot of cute furry animals known as dogs and cats and other types of animals that we like to make pets out of who are driven mostly by instinct. In the case of some animals like dogs and cats, there's certainly different kinds of personalities. Any pet owner will tell you that. But there are certain things they just can't do. There are certain things they just can't choose. A dog's going to be a dog. A cat's going to be a cat. When somebody walks by our house, my dog, and I love my dog. Her name's Molly. She's going to bark her blooming head off. When somebody walks by. That's what a dog does. So yeah, God did create a lot of creatures like that. But with human beings, he wanted creatures in his image. And we have but yet to explore what that means because we talk about a God who can do anything. You go to the Tower of Babel story when they got together collectively. And here they were talking about collectively being able to do anything, not any one person. But God said nothing they choose to do will be impossible for them. That concerned them, though, because of our sin. We didn't have the wisdom to go with that knowledge, just as today we have this incredible technology. And yet it's being used to hack computers and censor people. And we we don't have a wisdom to go with that technology. So we have not yet explored what it means to be made in God's image because we are limited right now by our sin. But I can only say that if God had limited our free will, we would not have been in his image. So we can say, well, gee, maybe God shouldn't have made us in his image. Was it worth it? Well, it was worth it to him, because in 33 AD, he came and died on the cross for our sins, and that was actually him. Jesus was God incarnate. God himself became a man, came down to this world, and paid for the sin that we committed so that we don't ever have to pay so that he could resurrect us and bring us back to the status that Adam and Eve once had.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing is, I think with a lot having to do with the problem of evil, it seems that skeptics put themselves in the place of god like if it would surely it would be better for god to not give us free will than to see all the evil and and suffering in the world well well you're not omniscient you're not all-knowing you're not all-powerful you haven't been around forever so you're actually not in a place you're not in a position to know that god granting creatures freedom was not worth the the possibility of them choosing evil and the ensuing evil that results you simply don't know that just like you can't say well god most you know you'll hear them say well there's no way god can have a morally justifiable reason for allowing this evil or that evil or so forth and i you know and what i've heard i'd be curious to get your response to this but i've 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 heard that look it's it's not up to you we don't know that how in the world do we know that god could know that you know 100 years or 300 years from now god allowing this evil could affect you know something uh 300 that that affects some greater good for 300 years or or even something you know a, a thing they bring up often is the holocaust how in the world could god allow the holocaust to happen well maybe he knows that the holocaust happens and the nation of israel comes uh after that that maybe it prevents future even greater holocaust or something so i guess uh i'd be curious to get is is that uh is that something uh, would you agree with you know that kind of assessment or response that we're simply not in a position to make the kind of judgments that we make on on god when it comes to the uh, about god that you know he surely wouldn't have he wouldn't allow this, or he doesn't have a morally justifiable reason for allowing certain evils.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. We need to bring some humility into this. We're all a bunch of dumb human beings compared to God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of a joke that we're going to sit there and second guess him. And yet again, if we go back to the idea that we are made in God's image, because we're made in his image, there are some things that we intuitively know. When somebody says to me, well, why did God give me free will? I say irrelevant because you're glad you have it. Well, right. I don't think I'm, I said Belloni. If I'm talking, I used to do a lot of work with college students. So this was a real easy one when I was with a college student. I said, just a couple of years ago. Before you came to college, you were living at home and you were counting the days before you got out and there wasn't a curfew and you could do your own thing. And you're gonna stand here now and tell me you don't wish you had free will or you wish you didn't have free will? How many wars and revolutions have been fought in the name of freedom? Whatever God's reason was for giving us free will, we are glad we have it. And whatever God's reason is for allowing evil, the person asking that question often commits acts of evil. All of us are guilty of sin. I'm not saying everybody's 100% evil. The Bible draws a distinction between an evil person and a sinful person. The sinful person described as somebody who has a good and an evil side and he bounces back and forth between the two of them but the point is we make choices and i had a guy say to me one time it's unfair that i should have to pay for what some idiot did back in the garden of eden if i'd have been there i wouldn't have eaten that forbidden fruit And i said yeah yes you would have you don't think you because he he well that's an easy thing to say we don't have a time machine we weren't there He said, but yeah romans chapter five though actually answers that question i'm going to paraphrase it a little bit we're all very aware even Even people like us, Ryan, who have become born-again Christians and we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we are very aware that before we became Christians, and I'll just speak for myself, many times after becoming a Christian, I've made wrong choices. I've chosen to commit sin. Now I did mention that there's such a thing as sinful thoughts that we can't control. That's true. But we also at times make choices. And when we're making those choices, we're doing the same kind of thing that Adam did. We we are sinners by nature and by choice. Adam was a sinner by choice and then developed a sinful nature afterwards, Jesus died for both. But when somebody says, well, it's not my fault that I have sinful thoughts and I have a sin nature, that's true. It's not. Well, I don't deserve to have to pay for what Adam did. That's right. You don't. You don't deserve your association with Adam. But neither do you deserve your association with Jesus, whom scripture calls what, among other things, the second Adam, the son of man, like the son of mankind. We're going to start it again. We're going to start the human race again. If you don't like your association with Adam, you can change your association to Jesus. Do you deserve to have Adam's sin nature? No. Do you deserve to have the righteousness that Jesus lived? See, when Jesus went to the cross, he gave you all the righteousness that he lived and he took upon himself all the sin that you've committed and he paid for it so that you can be resurrected, be sinless, be spotless, be where Adam is now. Billy Graham years ago, years ago, was on the Phil Donahue show. Most of the audience probably never even heard of that name. Some of them will, at least the baby boomers. Donahue was trying to trap Billy Graham. And I'll never forget this one. He asked him the question, do you believe there's life on other planets? And I found this interesting because as somebody who loves science fiction, I love reading it. I love writing it. I've often thought about this myself. And Billy Graham said, well, we don't know. Gosh, there's lots of galaxies out there. I'd like to think there might be some life out there. He goes, what, human life? Could there be human life? He goes, yeah, there could be. So he asks the question everybody's expecting. Well, what does that have to do with God then? well, there's only one God. So if they're on this other planet, God's going to still expect them to obey him. Oh, well, are they going to have to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, even if they live in some other planet at the edge of the galaxy? Graham says that all depends on whether that planet of human beings ever fell into sin. He goes, oh, what do you mean by that? Graham says, well, I'd like to believe that maybe there's another race of human beings out there that never fell into sin. So then at this point, he gets all <laughs> snooty. He goes, well, if that's true, then I wish I was born on that planet. I think I got a bum deal being born on it. I think I've been ripped off. I'm not happy about oh, the way wow. I got born. Wow. What can I do about that at this time, Graham? brilliantly said if you're unhappy about the way you were born what you can do is become born
0: again (laughs) beautiful beautiful response wow wow it 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 is it is amazing you know because great graham was going on the those kind of shows back then when you really didn't have a lot of christians he's one of
1: the i must say i'm not a big fan of tele evangelists radio evangelists are Great. I want to give that disclaimer, yeah. right? Yeah. Radio evangelists, they especially radio apologists, they're just fantastic. But I never cared much for televangelists. They're always asking for money and all this stuff. And there's all these weird messages. Sure. God wants sure. you wealthy. But Graham was never like that. He was yeah. always very balanced. And his his son, Franklin Graham, uh, in, in dealing with much more adversity than his dad ever had to, but is also very balanced in his theology, in his approach, in his poise, in his mannerisms. Really love the Graham family. And I say that as somebody who's not a big fan of televangelism, they are wonderful exceptions.
0: Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Why don't we, we end off the show today. I guess we kind of, we kind of started off talking about the problem of evil and, uh, So let's end off with this because I did want to get to just kind of the bare existence of God. What is your favorite argument in favor of the existence of God? I know there's a bunch out there, you know, different. Yeah, there's a lot of popular ones. What's your favorite way if someone says, "Okay, Bob, what's your what's your biggest proof that God exists? Well, both of them.
1: Well, it's it's almost like two, but they're related. And that is the human personality and the human conscience and consciousness. Mm. How do you get something out of nothing? You alluded to the Big Bang before when we were talking on the other show about miracles that uh, people, they say they don't believe in miracles and yet they believe that the universe came into existence somehow, but without without any kind of plan. Well, if you take that idea, what do we have as human beings? We're, we have sentience, consciousness, personality. Okay, stars don't think, quasars don't think. Dust doesn't think. You cannot have personality apart from personality. And now as human beings, we're very finite personality. We're born, we die, but that personality had to come from somewhere. That suggests very strongly, and I think you could even make it into an equation, zero plus zero equals zero. You cannot get personality from non-personality. And then As we start looking at the personality, what I alluded to earlier, I do have an apologetics book out that has a whole chapter that goes into this in detail called Rational Evidence for the Existence of God. And in this one, we're saying we don't live our lives as though we're here by accident. We live our lives as though we have meaning and value and purpose. Well, if we are here by accident, then we don't have a purpose. We could say we've invented a purpose, but we've just invented it. We don't have a real purpose because we're here by accident. That's what the word accident means. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you. It was a mistake. It was an accident. Nobody lives their life as though they're here by accident. Does that prove the existence of God? No, but if somebody can't live by their own worldview or philosophy, their worldview and philosophy becomes very suspicious. So I call this the rational argument for the existence of God. There's other more popular ones like the teleological argument, the cosmological argument. They're not bad arguments on the surface. They they do actually break down and maybe on another show we can talk about why oh, they, interesting. they they do break down. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay, because I know guys like you know William Lane Craig really trumpet the Kalam cosmological And I, I think
1: William Lane Craig is yeah. is, is fantastic, but oh well should I I could give you the quick reader's No I'm just. I am
0: curious actually why do you think those arguments well, The cosmological argument
1: says everything that exists has to have an adequate cause. So you can't, we can't, therefore somebody had to create us. Okay. But then the skeptic says, well, who created God? We say, well, well, nobody created God. He existed from without beginning and without end. Oh, okay, they say. Well, then if God can exist without beginning and end, why couldn't the universe just be eternal and exist without beginning and end? Now, part of the problem was, whereas that was speculated on years ago, since there's The moment people started ascribing to the Big Bang Theory, which I think when you put God into it makes a lot of sense. They're saying, no, there was a time the universe did not exist. But then that goes back to mine. We could say, well, if the universe existed eternally, uh, we could pose that as a speculation. But did it exist as an impersonal universe? If so, where did personality come from? and if it didn't exist as an impersonal universe then the universe has some kind of personality which means the universe itself is some kind of god not the way the bible would talk about god but so those things yeah. those things break down now you could answer this the idea of something needing to come into existence—it uh, it makes sense in a finite universe when we're limited by time and space. So they say, "Okay, God created me. Who created God?" That's a very valid question well, within I, time and space. But if God is outside of time yeah. and space, then by definition, God would exist from beginning right, to end. Right. well, without beginning without or beginning.
0: without end. Now, I've heard—I've heard him put it this way: You know, whatever. Begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a has a cause. Is how so he kind of he he nuance. Nuances the cosmological argument a bit to say yeah. whatever begins to exist. Which well, helps. and again,
1: if we start bringing in some physics, and physicists talk very seriously now about time and time travel, things that were once just for H.G. Wells. Right, being, right. I mean, they have proven that there is such a thing as traveling into the future based on how fast you're going. They've actually proven this with atomic clocks. And then, of course, you get into Einstein with the E equals MC squared and, and all of that. But there's even speculation, this is much more limited. But there is even some speculation about scientists that there might be a way to travel back through time. But either whether you accept that one or not, the traveling into the future is, is ab- something that's been absolutely wow. proven. We actually do it every time we take a plane trip. It's just it's such a micro, 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 micro second of difference that we're never going to notice it. But then you go from there and say, well, if we were traveling faster than the speed of light, then we could go so many years what? into the future.
0: Well and, and And
1: then we find this planet where the Statue of Liberty's coming out of the ocean and apes are running everything. So <laughs>
0: Oh, wouldn't wouldn't that be something? You know, I've uh, I really hey, look again.
1: Apes are running everything yeah. in Washington <laughs> today. Oh, oh
0: my gosh! Oh my gosh! Hey, we said these shows were going to be politics. Oh, that Great. one, will,
1: that statement will be timeless, no matter when the that, people are that's listening. That's true. To that, it.
0: that statement is is a uh, is that act, will still is stand a year or right? two from now. No, but I I love your argument from rationality, and this was something that I I noticed it. As well as, or I I thought about when thinking about the idea of sentience, of consciousness, that we actually know that we exist, that, you know, it doesn't matter how sophisticated I make a robot. Let's say I make a robot, I create a robot like Boston Dynamics and some of the terrifying stuff that they're making up in the Northeast, where, you know, or you make a, a Terminator style, an Arnold Schwarzenegger, where you look sentient, you act sentient, you, uh, you behave exactly like a normal human being, that does not mean that you have consciousness. Like It doesn't matter how sophisticated I build my robot or how humanoid or lifelike I make it look and act and sound, uh, give it the feelings of humans and emotions, we cannot, as intelligent agents, infuse consciousness into it right i mean we at
1: the moment we can't but let me throw this one out which actually still makes your same point but just takes it to another level hypothetically being made in the image of god and one of the things he does is create supposing we did somehow find a way to program an android's brain in such a way that it achieved consciousness All that would do is immediately prove that somebody had to do the same thing for (laughs) us. That is true. Because if we went through all that much work to make a computer program and and replicate the human brain, but we just came into existence by randomness, give me a break.
0: Exactly. No, you know, you made the point far, because I was just going to say, if we can't even do that... And at the moment, we can't. And how in the world is it going to happen by accident? But if we actually do, you haven't thought about that before. If we actually did,
1: we've just proven that someone had to do that for us. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's kind of like trying to, when they try to prove evolution, and macroevolution in a laboratory, and you got to have the laboratory, you got to have the the, the scientists, you have to have the... Look at all the things you you have have to have to
1: (laughs) replicate something that happened randomly.
0: Right, exactly. By chance and without any... uh, intelligent uh, intelligent agency well i think that that's a great way to end all off. all right uh, that's
1: yeah. <laughs> a, well ryan this was a blast i wish you lived closer so we could do shows i know to, i know Do to the too. miracles of zoom and things we still have been but it is a lot of fun just being in the same room it and,
0: is it is i appreciate you letting me guest host on a couple oh of shows. my gosh apologetics is it's at, not
1: like i talked any less on the yeah. show for you <laughs> guest hosting it but it was fun Having you just ask the questions and me not having to think ahead of time, what am I going to talk about today? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Let's do it again soon. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.